we're just so thrilled that you're here. Um, it's absolutely wonderful um, that we're doing this. Um, this amazing that this is coming out of such a pandemic, <laughs> something positive. You know? really so yeah. this is absolutely thrilling. Um, this is Westchester Council of the Blind. We have quite a few of our members on here. We're in Westchester County, New York. We're right outside of New York City. And we're a relatively small county. Um, we're almost, uh, we're probably over a million by now, I'm thinking, Annie, based on this. You're on the river. Are you on the river? <laughs> wow. I can't believe a million is small. <laughs> no, Sam. <laughs> um, Westchester welcome. County has over a hundred thousand people. Everything's big. I mean, um, Westchester <laughs> County. Just New Rochelle. I'm sorry, New Rochelle, where I live, my yeah. city is over a hundred thousand. So yeah. just one city. Yeah. So so it's a million people that live in Westchester County. Yes. The county itself right, is, right. I think it's 41 municipalities. I yes, believe yes. that's the number I saw. And um, it's um, it's it's a nice size county. But when we're sitting next to New York City, we're, we're peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's more a suburb than a city, although we're getting to feel more and more like a city. We're getting all these skyscrapers are popping up all over the place. You know, but that's progress for you. And, but I do want to um, have you guys speak more about yourselves and Dorset. And um, I don't, Moira, this is all new to me, how to handle this. I don't want it to be a formal thing. Um, this is rather informal. And I want, us, want it to be fun, too, and enjoyable. And we learn about each other. So I'm going to sort of step aside for a moment. Moira, would you like to introduce your group to us, please? <laughs> okay. Well, this is <laughs> this is quite large scale. We we <laughs> regularly have Zoom meetings, but normally we have around about ten or twelve people at the most. So this is quite another level. Um, so yeah, I'm Moira. I'm a community support worker. So I'm a member of staff working for a charity called Dorset Blind Association. We're a very small local charity. I think we've got, uh, well, Maria will probably correct me, but 16 or 18 members of staff. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, the, um, not very yeah. many. Yeah. Including the shop staff. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're supporting people with visual impairment um, living oh. in Dorset, which is uh, a county in the south of England. Um, and, um, yeah, I've got quite a few people here, um, both volunteers and members that um, I've been working with. So I already mentioned Maria, who's um, chair of trustees for Dorset Blind Association. And um, Maria has a visual impairment, so she's got lived experience. Um, Karen Sutherland um, is a volunteer uh, and is also married to Ian who is a member and a volunteer for Dorset Blind Association. Um, so Ian does a weekly quiz for me um, and he also supports quite a few people by telephone and they've both in the past, um, you know, done quite a bit of work with fundraising for Dorset Blind Association, but that's kind of fallen by the wayside these days. Uh, we've also got 
Pauline. Pauline's a volunteer. She's been a volunteer for a long, long time um, and supports several people uh, in the association. Uh, she phones them on a weekly basis and checks up on them and um, used to help at our clubs when they were running um, and also runs her own businesses at the same time. So she's a very busy lady. Uh, Tony, Tony Watson is a long-standing volunteer um, and has helped us out lot with lots of activities and events and ferrying people around by car. Um, well, lots of things, Tony, isn't there? I can't even think of all the things. There's so many. <laughs> Over no, the years. Yeah. Tried, really, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sam is with us. It's great to have Sam with us. Um, so Sam has been a member for a long time and usually up for any kind of activity, aren't you, Sam? Um, definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. A keen swimmer and gym goer um, and uh, recently attended a golf event that we did, an indoor golf event. Um mm -hmm. Mad. Always very exciting working with Sam because Sam has a few uh, balance issues. So <laughs> we're always wondering how far, how far we are from, from A&E. Isn't, isn't that right, Sam? You like to live life on the edge. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had a few exciting times. Um, mm -hmm. And we've got Karen C. So Karen is um, a volunteer and a member and volunteers for lots of organisations, including Dorset Blind. She's very busy. Um and we have Bernard. So Bernard is um, a techno whiz, aren't you? Most of the time, you do pretty well. I'm also 92, don't forget. 92 and a techno whiz. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I take everything out and don't give much back, I'm afraid. I'm a member. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're here, aren't you? Which is great. It's great to have um, so many people participating. So anyway, sorry, guys, I think hopefully I've, I've done you all justice there. Um, yeah, we're very excited. We're very excited to be to be here. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, really. Probably should talk to somebody else. Oh, we will. We're going to get to uh, we have people from ACB. David, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, different ACB chapters from across the United States. Am I correct on that? We have quite a few people from just all walks of life, divisions, chapters, groups. A lot of our community members are here. It's really great to see such a large turnout. Yes, it's it's very exciting to see that. Um, you know, we're a, a 34 member chapter, Westchester Council of the Blind, but we're also a sub chapter of ACB of New York, who's a sub chapter of ACB, which is a national American Council of the Blind which is a national organization. Um, so um, just to let you give you a perspective of where we stand, Westchester Council of the Blind. And um, one of the things though I want to address is the elephant in the house, the, how the pandemic affected us as a group. Um, basically this is new to us too, all this zooming, zooming, zooming. We're used to in-person meetings. That's the way um, most organizations have been doing it. Now we had to adapt to the new world, the new technology. And thanks to Annie, it's been not, you know, not incredibly, uh, we had glitches, but she took care of the glitches. She's our tech person. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, we have been able to transition into the new Zoom world. 
very quickly. We had to in order to continue uh, connecting with each other. I don't know how, I would like to know how in Dorset um, you managed to transition. Was there difficulty and how you're getting along? And I mean, we can share our experiences as to how we are trying to remain safe as a group and as individuals being blind, how we're trying to remain safe in this new world, because it is a challenge when you can't, the safe distance when you can't see what you're distancing from um, can be a problem unless you just stay indoors and never leave, you know, but um, I, for instance, have to work. So I do have to leave my home. So for those who want to get out and do things, I'd like to know how they're doing that in Dorset. Well, does somebody else want to take that one or, or talk, talk, I mean, I'll talk about, well, what we've done is um, we've got a couple of Zoom calls uh, a week. Um, well, more than that, actually, we've got several Zoom calls throughout Dorset. And we've got some conference calls as well. So um, some people find, you know, don't have computers um, or that kind of technology. So we have been doing conference calls and we've also got um, like a telephone buddy system. So we've got a lot of people here actually are supporting each other with one-to-one um, -one telephone calls. But I also have volunteers, both sighted and unsighted, who... Um, are, are making individual phone calls but I mean as far as social distancing is concerned I think one of the guys should um should take that one Ian did you want to um answer that one um yeah I can answer that one um so I, I personally I find social distancing not too bad but I can I can understand um people with uh worse sight loss than I have really struggling um I've seen it on a few occasions where um, people obviously have a, a, a sight issue with they, they've either got um, a, a lanyard on with a, with a sign or they're, they're carrying a white stick. It, in some shops, they just get pushed out of the way. Um, you know, why are you here? Why have you not got a, a guide with you? Um, you know, it, um, it can be quite bad in some places, but... Um, I've never actually happened to my, myself yet. Um, I'm quite a big bloke, so I, if somebody tried pushing me out of the way, they'd soon get pushed back. Um, but <laughs> on the whole, it's um, personal experience, not too bad. But mm. well, Karen might be. A, Karen C, did you want to add to that? Seeing as you've had a mo had a moment talking about that anyway, haven't you, <laughs> on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I, I, me and Ian see each other quite a bit with his wife, and he he has forgotten because he didn't see this happening. Because I have some sight and not not another sight. I've got good central sight in one eye, but very little peripheral vision. So I, I'm like Ian. I'm tall. I just keep. I just plow on. But I was waiting for Ian. And I watched him come down the road. He was coming down the road, and this woman in a buggy was trying to overtake him. She was behind him, so she didn't see that he had a white stick. She nearly went in the road because she was getting really close to him. So we have, we have. Oh, you're back. You're, you're back. You're back. But you're you're muted, Karen. I don't know. Um, Can you not unmute her? She can't unmute herself. I don't think. Oh, that's a shame. She was in mid flow. <laughs> Good for Karen, isn't it? Karen's good at that. <laughs> I got her. I have to go. Hey, 
I was I was flicking something because it was uh, someone's <laughs> phone was going everywhere and it was annoying me and I was flicking something. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 things. Yeah, I I don't see anybody. You know, I I I was walking around a shop today and I had my mask on because I don't feel right not going with a mask on. And the mask took away so much more of my vision. I was like completely didn't know where I was going. I had to scan. I had to stand still and scan every item one by one where I was going. I took didn't last very long in the shop. I'm telling you because <laughs> I got in everybody's way. But um, yeah, it's it's mm. it's pretty tough. But um, I'm just avoiding. I don't go to the shop. Online shopping is quite good, so I'm doing that. Sam, have you got anything to add to that? Well, I don't really go in shops. The mm. only time um, I I was standing in queue and I was a bit close to someone, they just told me to get back. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, I've had any. Um, I get people to go and get stuff for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, this is Annie. I was going to ask about that. Like, do you have like people who volunteer to shop for you? Um, we yeah. had a, like a like a a, a, a a you know whole bunch of people that like kind of popped up in our neighborhood and and offered themselves to other people to help. And I thought that was great, um, especially for people who really you know don't want to take chances on going out in public. We we did have that, yeah. We have that support from the from the uh, council as well. They organized um, our our local town, uh, well, Bournemouth, um, Bournemouth, Pool, and Christchurch are three large, very large towns. Altogether, we're about three hundred and fifty thousand. And the central government, when lockdown started, um, created a volunteer center, basically to a clearinghouse to try to get people who were isolating at home or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, couldn't get out for whatever reason, um, access to the shops and and picking up prescriptions and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's been a a real godsend um, to people. And that is still going on. And then informally, for instance, on, on my road, we have about 30 different people that are on a WhatsApp group because someone went around and put a, a little note through the through the mailbox uh, saying, let's support each other. Anyone who wants to join the, the group can do so and, uh, and just look out for each other. And as a result of that, everyone was offering to do the shopping for myself and my husband because we were, we're isolating. Um, and that has gone on to this day. And, and we've actually become a very close neighborhood as as a result of that and, uh, and support each other. Um, so, so that's been a real positive thing going forward. And I've had mixed experiences going out um, when I, I have central vision, but no peripheral vision and I use a long cane. So I was noticing in the beginning, if I walked down my road, nobody would get out of my way. I would be the one who would spot them and get out of their way. (laughs) I have to say it's gotten a bit better now that people are more used to what we're supposed to do. Um, And I try to use my cane as kind of a measuring stick and wave it around if people are getting what I feel is too close to me, if I can spot them. And then in our shops, many of them, like a, a small bakery, they're only allowing one person at a time to come in. 
Um, and so you stand in, in line until it's basically it's your turn socially distance and so forth. And I think generally people are, are pretty good in that kind of scenario. I think it's more of a problem when you're in a busy sort of supermarket and then it varies from one place to the other. If you're getting being offered assistance or if people are, are getting upset with you because you're holding things up close to see what they are and so forth. So I think that's a pretty common experience. Thank you. Um, this is Annie. Um, I'm a guide dog user and I was just wondering if any of your members are guide dog users or, um, or does anybody um, have any information on that? We do have some, we haven't got any guide dog users on, on the, on the call today, I don't think, but uh, yeah, we do have uh, guide dog users. Um, yeah, it's difficult because I haven't sort of, I think the problems are quite similar. I mean, and also I think there's always a thing when you've got a guide dog, then you've got also one less hand, haven't you, to manage everything yes. else, which is, <laughs> yeah. uh, which tends to be a problem for people, I think. Um yeah, I don't know. We haven't we haven't uh, spoken to Nikki for a while. Of course, oh yeah, Nikki's dog was. I'm just thinking because we we've had uh, several people recently who had dogs and then they've either been retired or had to stop working for various mm -hmm. reasons, and now they're back in the process of waiting for a, a new dog. Which uh, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but it can be quite a lengthy process here because they're such a you know a valuable resource basically, and uh, it takes a long time to. <coughs> get a dog even if you've had one before i think yeah. hazel one isn't she what's that karen i think hazel's got a new one because she's yeah, she was supposed to be starting with a new dog wasn't she yeah i think she was having the first meeting yeah yeah but i don't think she's not here is she i don't think she's no, made she's... On the call. well no. perhaps one, one thing i have heard i don't know if this is your experience annie but one thing i've heard is that the dogs are confused by the social distancing and yes. <laughs> the rules and, and that makes it difficult to, yeah. to be effective. Is that true? Yes. So our dogs are, you know, they're obstacle avoiders. They will avoid obstacles. And if, if we're, for instance, if we're in a line and our dogs kind of know, you know, that, you know, that we might want to find the end of the line, um, they'll, you know, stop right in front of or behind somebody within a few feet. And that's not far enough sometimes. And in, um, in public, I've had people turn around and say, you know, you need to back up. And I'm like, okay, I'll back <laughs> up. But, you know, I, I've got to, you know, um, but I, there is one funny story. I was outside with my dog. Um, I was waiting for the van to pick me up to go home from physical therapy. And uh, the physical therapy uh, place was about five or six storefronts down from the um, the food market, and this was during the um, the uh, the first part of COVID. And so people had to wait outside, six feet apart, and they were only letting a certain amount of people in. Um, every you know, as as people came out, they would let somebody in. And there was a woman that came up to me, and she said, "Are you online?" and at first I thought to myself, why would I be online? And then I had to remember, oh yeah, people are waiting outside. <laughs> and she thought I was waiting online. I'm like, wow. That's when it really struck me that, wow, this, this thing is really serious. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
I think some some of the, sh the stores have been really good here. When we were in full lockdown and it was much stricter and they were really controlling numbers, even in the large supermarkets. Mm, yeah. um, I, some of the, the guys here, I think, Ian, you were saying that some of the supermarkets were really good at identifying people who yeah. had additional needs and um, yeah. giving them extra assistance. Isn't that right? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get, um, I, at the start of this, I couldn't get an online delivery. So the, the wife and mm. I had to go down to the local store and yeah. queue up, up halfway around the car park. But as soon as the, the, the staff at the door noticed that I had a disability, um, they, they took us out the line and fed us in a bit quicker. Um, and at one point mm. even offered um, a member of staff to go around the store with us. But then they realised that the wife was um, sighted, was, was fully sighted. So then... They, the uh, the member staff backs off and said, "That's okay. You can carry on yourself." Um, but yes, um, was, I've had a good experience. We now have online deliveries now, so mm -hmm. I haven't been to a supermarket for months now. But the, the wife has when she's had to. Um, but I tend to isolate as much as I can because I'm I'm still high. I'm still classed as high high risk on this. Um, COVID-19 at the moment. Yeah. Great. Um, so anyone in the chat room that have a question, David? Uh, we, we probably want to raise hands. If, yeah, if you have a question for any of our panelists, um, please raise your hand and I will un ask you to unmute. Um, and then you'll be able to unmute and speak. To uh, raise your hand on the phone, it is star nine. Um, on the PC, it is Alt Y. Um, and on the Mac, I know it's Command. Excuse me, Option Y. Uh, I always forget where it is on the iPhone, simply because I do everything on the computer because I'm just a geek. Um, but if anyone has any questions for our panel, about anything. Um, Feel free to put your lower hand up. right hand corner on the lower iPhone. right hand corner on the iPhone. Um, I just wanted, if I could ask a question though, real quick. I was just thinking, what, how, so have people been, you know, generally been accommodating with a lot of things for all of you? Like, have it been easy to get transportation, Ubers, Lyfts, or any other of your systems to go places if you're not able to go, like, get it, rely on a delivery? Like, if you have a doctor's appointment or something, how has it been in terms of getting around? I know here we had very high surge pricing for Ubers and Lyfts. It was very expensive to travel for a while. Um, how has it been just getting around in general? Anyone, oh, if you want to take it. I, I, I'll take this one for, for buses. Because we get a free bus pass over here, and our bus pass um, oh. was um, at, at, well in the, in the bigger big big bigger lockdown, it, you could go any any time of day. Now it's well, we we can go any time of day anywhere where we live for, for blind people. But um, yeah, so we uh, the buses were Ian went on the bus in, in full lockdown because he had to go to the shops. But I I didn't go until about three or four months ago. Um, but they they're getting back to normal. We we now sit. Uh, most buses now will just sit in one one on no no standing. We just have to sit one person per seat, and there's, there is some buses that are going through full, and people are coming back on the buses. We have to wear a mask, of course, and um, yeah, buses are okay. I haven't done taxis really. I think other guys can take a taxi one, but um, I'm, I'm on the bus. I can't afford. As far taxis, as I anymore. know, we don't have Uber in our area. They're 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 not licensed. Isn't that right? 
Um, yeah, they tried. They tried to get a license for Bournemouth, and they were refused. They were yeah. Refused so it's just taxis or buses, yeah. or hopefully we do have hospital transport. Um, if you're if you need to go to hospital, and you arrange that through the your your doctor, and that's a free service. Um, but otherwise, you're you know you're pretty much paying normal rates for for a metered taxi here. But are all the blind people eligible for bus passes? Like yes. there. Yeah, Why is yeah. that not in America? Yeah. Um, yeah. All yeah. Right. It's, as, long as, uh, as long as we're registered as, as partially sighted or severely sighted, then you qualify for a free bus pass. And also, depending on your age, once you hit retirement yes. age, you, yeah. you, yeah. everybody gets a free bus pass. Yeah, they keep, they keep saying they're going to stop that, though, don't they? <laughs> for for all, for people without disabilities, they keep saying they're going yeah. to stop that. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to kick in fifty p, you know. But <laughs> it's much better here than it is in the U.S. I'm from uh, New Jersey. Oh, I'm from New York, and I've been here for twenty years, and we have so many more services here than anything I experienced in New Jersey. That's fantastic. Um, if you're open to taking questions, we have a Sandra Sermons whose hand is up. So, Sandra, I've asked you to unmute if you can accept that and then um, go ahead and ask your question. Sandra, there you are. Sure. Um, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Sandra, and actually I am chair of um, ACB's International Relations Committee. So all of you guys from England, you are definitely welcome to come. To our convention next summer or if we have another in-person one you are welcome 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 um i wanted to make a comment and absolutely um i wanted to make a comment and ask a question the comment refers to um you know how well people were being accommodated um you know for food and stuff like that um it's very interesting because for me uh I would go to Target. Target was my favorite store. And so I've heard of some of my blind friends that Target is refusing and saying in supermarkets saying, no, we can't provide anybody. Um, you, if you can find stuff yourself, then okay, but we cannot provide a staff member. But for me, I think to tell you the truth, they're so used to seeing me that they, they have never put two and two together and, and sort of put me along with the with the incoming customers they just regard me as you know and so I but I don't abuse that either because I figure you know I go in get what I need and keep it moving um my question is what is the unemployment rate because I've always known that in England um the services are way better you know um I, I have always heard that but what what is your unemployment rate or employment rate of people who are blind or visually impaired? Oh. It's one in four. It's one in four of us are in work. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so pretty poor basically. Pretty poor. Okay. So pretty much like ours. All right. <laughs> that seems to be a common theme, unfortunately. Sadly, yeah. yeah. We do get we do get benefits though, so we we we, do, we are we aren't reliant on family members and stuff, so we can live independent lives. That's a good thing. All right. Okay. You, am I unmuted? Okay. Um, yeah, basically, just to um, give you an idea, Westchester County, uh, we have an option. Um, we can either get a reduced uh, fare card for regular uh, trans 
transportation or we have a specialized transportation called paratransit in which you have to have a disability but it's not cheap it's five dollars a trip now and um to, and it's probably one of the most expensive in the united states definitely in new york state judging from something i read two years ago it's um the most expensive fare for paratransit and it's mandated by the americans with disability act that they have to have it so it's not through the kindness of their heart that they're doing this specialized transportation. The thing is, a lot of people cannot afford that five, especially at their minimum wage, to be able to afford $10 a day to get to and from work. So that can create a problem. Now, um, as for the other things, the unemployment, we have New York State Commission for the Blind, um, which is a government agency, a state government agency that can help you with vocational rehab. Do you? The, uh, to get employment. They're not, of course, always successful. I'm not even sure what their success rate is. I haven't seen their report in multiple years, you know, what our success rate is for New York State. But um, but do you have such a thing in, um, in Dorset where there's an actual commission that helps people to learn new skills once they've lost their vision or didn't have their vision to train them for a profession? or just a vocation so they can become employed? Mm. Well, it's a bit of a difficult one. I think as far as vocational training, um, I'm not aware of anything specific in Dorset. Um, around the country, there are a couple of uh, specific training colleges for people with visual <coughs> impairment. Um, and quite often they, const well, in the past anyway, I don't, one of these guys will probably be able to update me, but um um, in the past, they concentrated on things like, um, I think massage was one of the things that they um, often trained people up in to be massage therapists, or um, obviously technology now, I think, is becoming quite a, a big thing that they're training people in. From a point of view of day-to-day -day life, then every, every council um, in the UK has a specialist department um, a sensory loss department with a rehab officer who is supposed to um, help people to rehabilitate themselves when they've experienced um, sight or hearing loss. Um, generally, of course, they're completely overwhelmed by demand and um, <laughs> they do provide advice and assistance, but it tends to be quite limited and can take them quite a long time to get to people just because of the volume of work, um, which I think is why charities like Dorset Blind Association are so important. But we don't really, we don't, I mean, we have, there have been occasions where we've assisted people to pick up skills, which got them into work. I know one of my colleagues supported somebody um, with training in a restaurant kitchen and uh, he, he was working a, as a chef for a while and now he's actually um working in a in a cafe um in a, in another town in dorset um so there have been instances like that uh, but it's not wouldn't say it's the focus of our particular work but i don't know is, has anybody else got something they'd like to add to that because i have to say i'm not um I'm not sort of really well up on. One, one thing I would say is that our system is not run state by state. It's um, some of these things would happen uh, from the national government, like what we would call our federal government. 
in the U.S. Um, so the, there, there aren't states where you have powers the way the states do in the U.S. It's all very centralized here. Um, and, then, and then we have um, very spotty uh, local services and the individual councils. So it, it, you really can't compare other than the fact that there's never enough and, um, and there's not a lot of follow through. And the reason that, for instance, our charity as Dorset Blind Association, we're a privately funded charity. We don't get any federal money or state money at all. So everything we do is through grants and fundraising and legacies and membership fees. We're a membership organization. So you don't have to be a member to get access to the things that we do, but we do ask people to chip in, uh, you know, much like ACB does um, on a yearly basis. But what we focus on is um, we have people like, like Moira who will do an initial sort of interview and assessment and figure out how we can help. So that might be applying for benefits um, or just uh, uh, making sure that people are, are starting to be connected with other people so we can do peer support. We used to have face-to-face -face meeting. We had 25 social clubs around the county. Oh, and then we also would have activity groups for people who are more um, mobile. Uh, a lot of our members historically have been elderly people who have lost their sight. So, you know, they're happy to have a cup of coffee and a chat once every few weeks or a month. But, you know, those of us who are younger and more active, we want to go out for a meal, we want to go for a walk, we want to do various things. So we try to accommodate all of that um, in, in different ways. Um, so it, and then we have our befriending service, which where we match up a volunteer with a person with sight loss and they might go in every week or two weeks to help them with their mail and go, you know, help them with their, their shopping, make sure their food hasn't gone off in the fridge, just, uh, um, you know, a little, a little human contact if you're, if you're isolated. So it's, it's very different than the kind of services I would get, for instance, in New Jersey um, from the commission for the blind, there really wasn't anything like, like that, not even from the um, independent living centers. Um, a lot of it was sort of advocacy and information based, but not one-on-one -on -one contact and, and not so much peer support. So that's, I think, where our strength is. And in terms of services from on a government level, um, there, it's, it's very spotty. There isn't that much. So there's no way to get like training on how to do some cooking or do those kinds of things without well, vision then? There is, there is some. There is to a degree, in as much as uh, education authorities, um, excuse me, universities, colleges, uh, have an obligation to provide assistance to people with disabilities. Now, how effective that is all the time, I'm not sure. But there is a sort of obligation. So if you've got a training course like chefing or something, you should be able to get assistance to enable you to help do that course. That's the sort of um, mandated by the government. Um, now, whether funding can come all, all the time, so that's another issue. Mm. And, Karen, and, and yeah, but tra basically, getting basically, training and daily living skills is not something that they're mandated no, to do. No, no, that is because it's not sort of formal training, is it? No. no well, they we, they we are they do have to do some, but but I think the problem is, is it's not the long term support. So. Um, Karen, no. did you want to take this up? You were going to say yeah, something. Well, 
Well, yeah, we we there was there's there's two main there's two national charities in the UK. One is uh, the RNIB, and the other mm. one is Guide Dogs for the Blind. And RNIB did used to run things like uh, schools and children's homes and things like that. And they're coming out of that now because of all the different charity things and stuff that's going on in the UK. Um, there's lots and lots of uh, red tape and stuff, and they they fed, fell foul of it. So the the they do they the ones that run the cap colleges where you can get rehabilitation as adult um but it's very hard to get into you have to the job centers might get you in there which is where we go if we're unemployed but it, it's not something that's is easy to access to you have to know you have to badger away for it and as you say things like learning how to cook and run your house simple stuff like that isn't really accessible you know you, you don't get offered that if when you go lose your sight you really don't my dad did years and years and years ago in the 1970s but I didn't when I lost my lost my um, sight five years ago so mm. you have to but we have now of course you've got the internet you've got phone calls you've got vi YouTube videos um, you have to you basically are teaching yourself um, well, the only, the only thing I would say, Karen, is that the sight and hearing teams who are the statutory service um, in the UK, so um, they're the sensory loss teams, they work for the local council, they will come in and make sure that people are safe. So if they visit somebody who's experienced sight loss and they see that they're having difficulty making hot drinks or using the cooker... Um, they will sometimes give a liquid level indicator and suggest alternative methods which are safer for performing those tasks. Um, or they might recommend that an occupational therapist goes in and does a kitchen assessment. But there's not, you know, that would just be like a quick assessment with advice and, you know, showing you how to do things a couple of times. It's not like you're going to get ongoing support over weeks and months, really. Um, you're sort I, I of I yeah. got the the uh, live liquid level thing and a few bumpinis and that was it. Yeah, bumpinis. <laughs> yeah. We we, we, bump ones, yeah, yeah. we bump dots. Yeah. We call them <laughs> bump dots. We have some bump dots, yeah. We have some more great hands who are dying to talk to you. So uh Lucy okay. Edmonds, if you could uh um I've asked you to unmute if you could do so and ask your question. Uh, Lucy, I've sent you a request to unmute. If not, we can. Maybe she's having trouble. Yeah, I can. Uh, we can. We can go back to Lucy. But our friend Lori Scharf is here, and I had had her hand up. Lori, did you mean to ask a question? You are unmuted. It's, there you are. Okay, it was telling me that I couldn't unmute because you wouldn't let me. Oh, well, yeah, we had that stuff. Sorry, Lori, but now you're up if you had a question. Okay, Go ahead. I'm unmuted. <laughs> so, um, thank you, everybody. This has been interesting. I'm wondering if you could um, describe what, um, in addition to the services that you talked about already, um, you know, regarding the social activities and things like that, um, do you provide like technology for people? You you mentioned funding for uh, you do grant writing for funding and things like that, and um, also how do sighted volunteers figure into your structure? And 
I don't know if you can comment on this, but you've mentioned colleges. Do you mean like sort of what we would call like a rehabilitation program here or like a like an like an, an associate's degree and it's open to blind and sighted people? So if you could just clarify that, that'd be great. Thank you. Ooh, well, I think from the point of view of colleges, it's normally the ones that I'm aware of are are aimed at young people. So um, I'm thinking specifically, isn't it RNC, um, where it's aimed at people aged 16 to 25 and is specifically for people with sight loss um, and tends to be more vocational training. Um, there are also special schools um for the blind, you know, where they would teach Braille, for example, because I don't know about um, over in the States, but certainly here, um, not that many people actually use Braille unless they've had uh, sight loss from a young age because, you know, Braille tends to be something that takes quite a long time to learn. Um, as I'm just trying to think, sorry, <laughs> what the rest of your question was, Laurie. I've forgotten most of it now. <laughs> About the volunteers, how volunteers fit in, which is a big part of your job, recruiting volunteers, Moira. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, we recruit volunteers and we tend to, well, we use them for all kinds of things. Um, so, Bernard, I'm conscious that Bernard hasn't had a chance to... Um, comment uh, bernard did you want to talk about because you have a volunteer supporting you don't you yes i do i find i find dorset blinds association has been a very big help to me um uh, i'm just going through general things your hand your uh, armband has been a big help you know using the armband i live near the beach and i get a lot of uh, runners and cyclists and with the armband on, people do avoid me and go around me if you'd rather could. But I find with the volunteers, when we were having our monthly meetings, Lynn and Wanda used to pick me up, take me to the meetings and bring me back. And I do miss those meetings. They were very good because we can't have those back until after lockdown. Um, you enjoy your phone call there. Oh, Rose. Rose rings me and I have a Nathis to Rose. Um, it's just keeping in touch with people. And it, the association is very good like that. You feel with this lockdown, you're, you can't get lonely if there are people around that are volunteers to, to help you. And I find all the volunteers are very good. Um, did you have any help from the equipment service, Bernard? I can't remember now. No, I didn't. No, no. You I didn't have Jim come round, no? I, because of my age, the uh, Bournemouth Council supplied me with um, a little trolley and uh, um, those armrests, grab rails. So I had those before I joined the association. Mm. What about did you um, did Jim sort out? Because didn't you get um, um, a phone? And in, did you do you use an in your pocket? Is that what you've got? Your phone? Did Jim sort that out for you, really or good. did you do that yourself? I can't remember now. It was me who did it. Actually, it was you who did it. Oh, should I should have guessed? <laughs> actually, I, I can't use a smartphone. I couldn't see it at all. With this in the pocket phone. You just load all your contacts on there 
And then all you do, you pick it up, switch it on, and say, Paul, Kate. And it does. And it does automatically. I went yeah. in the morning. I go to the eye hospital every six weeks and have an injection in the back of my eye. And this time, I follow the blood at the back of my eye, and my eye, I couldn't see very little at all. Um, Kate took me to the eye hospital. You're not allowed into the eye hospital uh, if you're, unless you're a registered uh, uh, carer. So poor Kate sat in the car for an hour and a half. Mm. I went in there. And again, the service in there was excellent. This is, <coughs> is world, world known. The Bournemouth Eye Hospital is very, very good. And I go, next time I go in four weeks, so I've heard of injection. Uh, we all pick apart. I wear my daughter's blind association band. And people appreciate the fact that, you know, they know I'm blind. Let's do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that, Bernard. Yeah, so I think you were also asking about technology. So um, we have, we don't, <coughs> well, we do provide technology, but normally for um, a fee. So people normally would buy it from us. What we have is we have um, an equipment officer who will visit people in their own homes and demonstrate equipment to them. Um, and it can be you know, quite basic things like bump-ons and um, talking clocks. Um, but he will also demonstrate things like electronic magnifiers. Um, and we do sometimes have second-hand items which we can sell for a reduced fee. Um, or sometimes if people um, are struggling, you know, I might... You know, for some things, there are certain grants that I'm aware of that um, I can sometimes help people apply for money to purchase certain things. But that tends to be more unusual. Um, But for older people who uh, are sometimes a bit less mobile, it can be quite a valuable service because it means they don't have to get out and visit a showroom to see equipment. and uh you know they get a chance quite often to test it out before they buy um because jim will quite often leave something with someone for a while um and obviously you you can't do that so much with online shopping can you so yeah i I hope that answers the question laurie (laughs) i might have gone a bit off piste (laughs) another another thing with these uh site equipment the technology is that we recently um, set up four charity shops thrift stores and in each of these thrift stores we have an an area dedicated to assistive technology Um, and so people in the community can actually have a look and it's raised it, it just makes it more accessible to people and increases awareness about what's out there and then we also have Corrine who works as a an equipment specialist in the office and she's available to uh, take calls and help people over the phone uh as well as Jim who is mobile we have a van and he takes it around all over the county um giving people support and uh and showing them what we have I just just wanted to add that bit yeah no good Uh, point thank you I I'm gonna ask Martin Cahill to unmute so he can ask his question Hi, everybody. Thanks, Annie. You're welcome. Um, so uh, I'm Martin Cahill from the Westchester chapter. 
Um, first of all, um, I would like to say to our Dorset friends, a very impressive organization, very impressive website. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible, all the services that you have to offer. Uh, so obviously that comes at a great cost. Um, so I, I'd like if you could explain a little around, um, you know, how, how you managed to, to fund the thrift stores. Obviously there's, there's rent and so on and so forth. I'd like to know the makeup of employed people versus full volunteers in your organization and, and how, you, how you reach out to members. Uh, one of our struggles is to, is to reach out to our own community to let them know what we can help them with um, and try and get them to, to join us and, and mm -hmm. uh, make us stronger. So I, I, I'd like if you could speak a little bit about your structure, please. Thank you. Maria, did you want to answer that one or shall I attempt it? Uh, well, <laughs> why don't I, I'll start it. You, you probably know in. more about the finance. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, it is a very, very big struggle for us because as I said, I think earlier on, there is no government funding uh, to support us at all. Um, and um, we, we have our, our chief executive um, officer, Jonathan Hollyhead, happens to be excellent at grants writing. Um, so he has been able to get grants from um, the National Lottery um, Fund. Uh, and we, we were awarded the biggest lottery fund um, uh, grant ever in, in, uh, uh, in Dorset um, to keep us going. And we were able to do that twice, each time for a five-year period. So that that pays for the, the basic salaries and of, of, of the community support worker, worker staff. Um, but there's, he, he applies for lots of different grants from lots of different people. Then in addition to that, we do some events fundraising and um, uh, uh, collections, you know, like the um, standing out with a bucket and just collecting coins and whatever, you know, it, it all kind of adds to the pot. We're very lucky to have had uh, some lotter, um, legacies come in from time to time. People leave us money in their will or in, in lieu of flowers. So there's lots and lots of different funding streams, but it's a constant battle to find the, the money that we need, which is why Jonathan, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we agreed um, to go ahead and start uh, uh, the thrift stores. Um, which he was able to get some some grant money to start up because each one will will cost about twenty thousand pounds, which I think is about maybe close to thirty thousand dollars <laughs> set up. Yeah. Um, and um, he, he also managed he quite over here. I think you you quite often for the first six months you get reduced rent on the property. Isn't that right? As a charity. Something I think like I that. think you yeah. do, yeah. Yeah. So there's there are but, some but things which all, help, but yeah. Yeah, but they are at this point they are all covering their expenses and contributing to keeping people like Moira on staff. Um, of the staff that we have, um, we have uh, I would say six staff that are direct service <laughs> providers, um, and and we have about three hundred volunteers. Wow. That, that have been recruited in order to provide the services to the individuals that we actually serve. 
uh, and people are referred to us. They either self-refer, they're referred by the eye units, the, the um, medical teams um, will we'll send people our way. Uh, it's very hard to reach out and get involvement, as I'm sure you have, you have found, because uh, a lot of people, as they acquire sight loss, they, they isolate themselves and they don't necessarily want to be identified as having sight loss because, you know, people will then have to give up their driver's license. You know, they, they isolate themselves. So it's always, it's always a struggle to, to reach out. And especially because so many people in our area are older people. Uh, we're a big retirement sort of community here. So I, I would guess the average age of people that we're with is, Correct me if I'm wrong, Moira, but I would say easily 65, 70 years old. Yeah, easily. Mm -hmm. Easily that. I mean, mm -hmm. we have members who are 102, 110 years old. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're still, some of them live at home. Some of them are in um, uh, in care homes and that kind of thing. But then we also have people in, you know, from in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s who are, out you know trying to live normal lives that are involved as well so i've kind of yeah. lost the thread i don't know if that answered all of your questions but that's that's a bit we um yeah we'll just i'm sorry just <laughs> add maria that in the charity shops because you were asking about sort of how so in the charity shops most of them the thrift stores as maria calls them um there'd normally be two paid members of staff so there'd be a manager and an assistant manager um, and the then the volunteers, and yeah. then the rest of the staffing is provided by volunteers. That's so, great. and normally and, this and is the manager and we is get part time. Donations from you know people in the community to to uh, to stock those. So that's been going pretty well. We have an Irene Hampton who has a, a question. So Irene, I've sent a request for you to unmute. If you could unmute yourself, and uh, then you could ask your question, Irene. They respond to you, Annie, but not to me. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Irene, are you there? Well, we can try again. Lucy, I know, had been trying to get a, a hold of us. Let's see if... Uh... I just asked her. Lucy. Oh, okay, Lucy, to if, unmute. if you want. And I can do Irene, too, to see if we can... Yeah, try her one more time. If not, we have another person we can reach out to. Ready to go. Okay. Hmm. Lucy! My goodness, I couldn't unmute before, David. Yeah, well, I had, I had sent you a request, but I guess it wasn't displaying. Sorry about that. Well, there yeah, you are, no. Lucy. We can now hear you. Go for it. Oh, great. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank all of you for sharing with us this afternoon. And um, you kind of touched on a little bit of my question already. And actually, my question is two-part. First of all, do you, do you have any people that are certified to train um, people like with screen readers and braille displays and secondly are, is there any agency that can provide assistance to those people that can't afford such expensive items so um, we don't provide specific training on that um, if I so when I go and visit somebody for the first time or at the moment I'm doing stuff by phone mainly um, 
if I'd identify that kind of need, I would normally refer them to another charity, a big national charity called Royal National Institute for the Blind, RNIB, which Karen mentioned earlier. And they have a technology for life team. And um, in, the, in, well, in normal life, they would send a, a volunteer to, um, a technology volunteer to assist that person in um, in learning those skills or setting up the computer or, or whatever um, but um, we don't provide that that kind of training if people um, are short of funds RNIB do also have some um, well they can advise on on some organizations which can provide grants and RNIB do provide some small grants towards equipment the difficulty with it is, is that I think from memory, um, I haven't done very many of these applications, you have to purchase the item first and you can only purchase items which are on a specific list. And they then, if you're, grant, if you're granted the award, they will then refund the cost of that item. And it's only up to a certain amount. I think the maximum you can be awarded is 500 pounds, which is a lot, but um, it doesn't go very far with um, some items of technology these days. So, uh, yeah. Is that I'm going to try to... Um, <laughs> Annie, I wanted to get to actually... Oh, unless you were going to add I something. Get to, no, I, I was trying to get to Irene. Oh, but Deborah had her hand up before and then got kicked from the meeting, so I wanted to give Deborah a chance because okay. she had... Um, All right. Deborah, if you want to go ahead, let me uh, uh, get you unmuted here. Right. Well done, ladies. Yes. <laughs> there you are, Deborah. Just... Awesome. Sorry about that <laughs> no. from before. There you go. This is Irene. I was not oh. being allowed to unmute. Oh. Uh, yeah. Two th the, the button wasn't working. Uh, that's technology. I love it. Uh, <laughs> my, my two things. Um, I am still following everything that you people have been talking about uh, on a national level with uh, BBC... Uh, in touch, Peter White. Oh, uh, oh yeah, he is going through all that material and uh, has uh, updates on the guide dogs and RNIB and uh, all the um, opportunities that are available for uh, blind people in the United Kingdom. But it's a national thing and wonderful work that uh, your group are, is doing. Uh, the second thing is, may I ask uh, our host to uh, send Moira and uh, the uh, anyone else that is appropriate, send the uh, email for Cindy Hollis uh, from the ACB, American Council of the Blind, her weekly newsletter, because on their uh, I'm terribly excited about this one. They are doing on Thursday night, that's 7.30 Eastern. Ooh, that'd be sometime in the middle of the night for you guys. Uh, <laughs> they are doing an entire uh, study of all the Jane Austen novels. And because I have been reading Jane Austen for 50 years uh, and finally found a group of people that want to talk about Jane Austen, 
so I have a thunderstorm here, so I can't talk anymore. But uh, lovely to visit with everybody. Thank you. Well, thank you, Annie. Are, do you get the emails? If not, I can forward it to you when it comes out. If you don't get it, to send to the oh, ladies. David, can I just say that there's also another a, a blind radio station called Connect, which is run by the RNIB. If she's listening to, um, if you want to hear more about what all over the country is doing about blind things, it's called oh, Connect Radio. Thank awesome. you for sharing. RNIB Connect, can, yeah, Connect Radio. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, we can we can share there. Uh, can you listen to the internet to connect? Yeah, yeah, it goes beyond the internet. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. We can share that. Sure. And we'll get right, you that right, email so, about the Jane Austen thing. Yeah. Deborah should be unmuted. Yeah, Deborah? Hi, this is Deborah. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Earlier you mentioned the un- the employment rate for people who are blind in the UK, and you said it was around 25%. What, how do p- people who are blind fund themselves? How do they make a living or pay their bills or actually exist with income? What, what do you want to? I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Karen, do you want to take that one? Or Ian, Ian, go for yeah, it. Yeah, well, I've um, I've been vision impaired now for three years, and um, I'm eligible for what we call PIPs, which is personal independent payments. Um, so I, I get that because of my um, disability, and also I, I I don't get unemployment benefit because I'm technically retired basically even though i'm only 56 um, <laughs> um but i do get you what they call universal credit which um basically pays me enough it pays all my bills um and um credit card bills and all that sort of stuff um and the the pips payments i get pay for my food and stuff and the wife also gets sort of cows allowed because she looks after she's my my, my carer um, and she also gets a another um, another disability payment because she has a, a learning disability, so she gets a disability living allowance herself, um, which gives us um, enough to live comfortably. Um, does that, um, does that answer the question? So is it? Is it based on if you previously worked and no longer working? What if someone's... I've, I've, um, it's the universal credits is a means-tested uh, benefit. So oh, um, okay. as long as you don't okay. have savings of over, I think it's £6,000, um, then you get the full benefit from universal credit. Um, there is a maximum level, I think it's £16,000. If you're over that, you don't get anything at all. Um, is that annually? No, that's, that's savings. That's, if you've got savings, then you don't get as much. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have, say, £20,000 in savings, then we wouldn't get any universal credit. You still get the PIPs payments um, because that's not... Um, means tested. Yeah, so the the majority of benefits in the UK are means tested. So it depends on how much money you already have coming into the household. So um, you know, if you were a, a person with visual impairment living with somebody who was going out to work and they had quite a high paying job, you might not get any universal credit, but you would probably still get you still get your PIP 
personal independence payment because that is paid on grounds of disability or long-term health condition. It's not paid on, um, on, on what money is coming into the household. So we have two different kinds of benefits and it's, it's very, very complicated because also once you're over 65, it's a different kind, you get a different kind of benefit if you're, um, you know, if you've got visual impairment. Um, but yes, it's a bit of a minefield, all that. And of course, they're always tweaking the system to uh, try and make it fairer or try to reduce the money that's being paid out. So, <laughs> but generally, I think in the UK, you know, the benefit system is very, very good and most people manage quite well on it. Um, does anybody else want to say anything about that? I don't know. Karen, did you have anything to add? There's lots of other benefits off the, the local council for your ta- uh, for your council tax and stuff and which is stuff yeah a housing benefit um well and also uh, over here they do various bits and pieces like if you um if you go to the cinema and you're um registered as severely sight impaired you can bring somebody with you free of charge as a carer um you know and the bus pass the free travel through the bus free travel yeah uh, free postage free postage on mail um reduced fares on trains yeah yeah but it's not it's it's not like the u in the u.s i used to get ssdi um but here the it's not predicated on what you have earned it's based on what you need so even if you have never worked you you would still get basic I guess the nearest thing would be welfare, although that's almost a thing of the past in the U.S. Um, so it's it's part of the the social network of safety net that everyone is entitled to here in the U.K. We have a number with the last digits three five one seven. Um, I've asked you to unmute if you can do so. Yes, I did. This is Mary Beth. Hi, Annie. Hi. Hi. Um, I just had a couple of questions. Um, quick questions, I promise. Um, I was just curious about what kinds of technology you use for, like, your Zoom calls. Like, so here it, it would most likely be, say, a computer and JAWS or, um, you know, voiceover and a Mac or, you know, a smartphone. Um, I was curious about that. And also I was wondering whether or not um, you guys um, very often use IRA in in um the uk well who i was going to say who maria do you use any of that stuff we've you've still I got don't. Quite, I, I, I have to yeah, yeah. My, my vision was restored to the point where i just use large print and you know big okay. screens so i can't really address that um yeah i don't think we've got a lot of the people we've got with us um actually have quite a lot of useful vision still i've never heard of ira put it that way so i'm guessing that we don't use that in the uk it's still Um, growing in the uk it's a service where you use an iphone or a a smartphone to call in and they can use the camera on your phone they can remote in through team viewer to help you with tasks and there's different offers like for job seeking and such where they don't charge you for minutes to do certain things or they give you a a limited amount of free time to accomplish a task and i know it's starting to grow in the uk Okay, There's also be my oh, yeah, eyes. Sorry, I do know what you mean. I've heard of it. It's that's the AIRA. Yes, app. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly yeah, what it sorry, is. Sorry, I mm-hmm. have heard of that. Yeah, um, and be my be my eyes. I think is oh, a similar. 
Um, yeah. And I think BMIs is free too, whereas Ira is yeah. not. And a lot of people would use Seeing AI. I think that's a very popular one. I use one. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I use that. Popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think as VoiceOver is uh, definitely people use that. I've heard of that one. Um, NVDA was that one you mentioned? Mm -hmm. That's a free screen reader um, that a lot of us mm -hmm. people use Dragon, if they can't afford Jaws. Dragon is another one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, 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 the uh, Dragon is for people who um, want to speak into the computer and you know and have it type for them instead of the keyboard. And Jaws is actually all keyboard um, enabled, so it's okay. text to speech instead of speech to text. Although they're working yes. on it now where Jaws is going to have a voice assistant in the new yes, Jaws. They're going right. to start making yeah. where you can ask it certain things. Yeah, so I, I think all of those, um, you know, I've heard from other people that they do use them. Um, it's just that the, the, I think most of the people we've got on this meeting are probably not at a point where they need to use that kind of technology quite yet. Although I think Ian was saying he, he uses seeing AI and... One of our members, Keith, for instance, he's a great one for using the uh, voiceover technology on the smartphone and such like. Yeah. And he uses things like uh, Alexa and such like to speak to his TV and all these sort of things. Oh, yes. Yeah. We have an A lady. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're not allowed to say it, are you, in case you said it all. Yeah. That's a great transition, Annie, because we have an A lady with her hand up named Agnes. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, who uh, has... So let's hope this actually works. Uh, um, um, Agnes, I've asked you if you could unmute. There you are, Agnes. Hi. Um, I have a question. How is your library service doing with getting materials to individuals who are blind <coughs> and visually impaired? And also, I was wondering about the schools in England. Are they offering in-person instruction or a combination, or are the students mainly having to learn from home? Good questions. Ooh. So, um, for well, we have a small library at Dorset Blind Association of audiobooks, and that those go out by post, so that's still operating. Our public library system here um, does have a home. We do have a home delivery service. It did stop for a while uh, when we went into full lockdown. Um, it is, I believe it is operating now, but what they're doing doorstep delivery, whereas normally uh, the volunteers would have gone into somebody's home and had a bit of a chat as well. So it's more mm -hmm. of a social thing. Um, I believe that at the moment they're not, well, whether they're doing that or not, they're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be doing just doorstep delivery um, to reduce the risk of infection. Um, yeah, uh, and then... The question was about schools, wasn't it? Yeah, um, what the schools... So schools have all gone back here now. Um, my okay. son is 17 and he's in sixth form, so he's, he's doing what we call A-levels. And he went back um, in September um, and then was off the next week and had to get a COVID test. <laughs> <laughs> but, but ended up but ended up negative um yeah um but they're all back the issue is more with universities um so the universities went back but the majority of them are doing mainly online learning and i know that certainly my niece who she just started a foundation in arts at bournemouth arts university and she's going into college one day a week and the rest of the time um, it's all 
well like like zoom <coughs> zoom type calls or online learning and um you know she's really not enjoying it um, she doesn't really have the opportunity to get to know new people and have that whole experience um which is sort of part of university and college life um so i really feel for for you know students who have started their first year at uni sorry the other oh. problem is that universities now a lot of them are hotbeds of, of uh, covid with a new intake mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of spread and they're all together they're partying and uh, particularly in the north <coughs> north of our country uh, mm -hmm. there's some very considerable hot spots yeah we uh, have a whole bunch of them too yeah yeah um, can i actually, add on add something regarding the library service yeah. yeah we do we do not we don't have a library for the blind where you get free audio books or braille books um that's well, the way that we do in the, in okay. in uh on a national level or on a state level in in the u.s uh there is a service through the rnib but it's a subscription service no um, you don't have to pay for it maria you don't R any longer? No, RNIB is free, and actually Caliber is another service that's also Caliber, free. Caliber, I'm aware of, yeah, but I didn't you, know that the RNIB last when I checked a few years ago was a paid service. So the so those are not state run, but they are available to people. Yeah, this yeah. is Annie. Thank I you. wanted to go back to, um, to like school age children. How are they? Um, I mean, they have a, a teacher of the visually impaired that um that or or an aid that helps them um learn their uh educationally related blindness skills like braille and things like that how does that how do you address that i i i'll take this because i don't think we'd actually deal with this in the old dorset blind and no because we only deal with deal with adults so you go karen because <laughs> uh this, this this is just from um uh, stuff I've read on the internet mainly. Most most children, now most disabled kids now are in are in um, normal schools, what we call mainstream schools. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they have they are then at the mercy of what their local authorities and what specialised people come into come into the schools. But that will vary all over the country, as it does with all our services. Um, so I can't speak as nurse that experience, but um, there's lots of websites by the RNIB of local areas and if you're interested on Facebook if you are interested in all that kind of thing have a look on there because there's okay thank you yeah uh, I'm going to have to leave and, and wish you all well and enjoy the rest of the conversation um, but I've, I've got to say goodbye for the time being but it's been lovely meeting all of you and I hope that we can continue to stay in touch thank no, you Maria. thank we you very it. much we take care right. then yeah thank you okay. Uh, well, we, are, we are coming up on our ending. I think we're we have two, two more hands. Do we want to take them? We have two, two more, more hands. Okay, and then we'll. And that's it, right? So this is the mm -hmm. last two questions. Okay, mm -hmm. so Rich Lane, if you could, I've sent you a request to unmute. If you can respond to that, hopefully it works. <coughs> um, there he is, Hello. Rich. We hear you. Sir. I, uh, I just had a quick question. You've mentioned fundraising several times. What, could you share with us some of the fun, fundraising activities you have in order to try to raise funds? Any ideas you might give us? Mm. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Maria is just gone. The big fundraiser is just gone. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I, I know you all mentioned like a bucket uh, fundraiser. Like, can you tell us what that was about? Don't you mean? Don't you know what that is? That's that standing outside the supermarket with a bucket and standing there and that's and, what I and, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah and it does raise awareness of blind issues you do have people coming up to you and going oh how can i get help for my cataract which opticians do i need to go to so it's a very good raising awareness mm. thing you don't get really get a lot of money nowadays because people well especially now we don't really have money you know we're all contactless well now, we're not so. really doing right. that so yeah. much we're not now, doing that at we? all now but before yeah. that lots of people didn't really have money so it's not a very good way of making money anymore it's more way of raising awareness and it always helps if you have a guide dog with you because people come up to you if you've got a guide dog yes right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. in fact i mean we've even dogs. had somebody bring a pet dog once which people thought was a guide dog because i think it was a labrador That's and that was quite funny. useful oh my goodness. they do i think they do increase interest if you have a dog it makes yeah. a difference yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> oh, well, we used to do meals and things like that, didn't uh, events of that nature, uh, and try to get sponsorship from local companies. Yeah, okay. well, so there were lots of things that we used that to do, which we're not things, wasn't it? Yeah, which we're not doing now. So there was a big event that we ran with the local um, local education college where they were training people to do um, silver service in restaurants and they did an event called dining in the dark we did one yeah yeah so you know where you get people to wear blindfold <laughs> and yeah they charge them quite a lot of money to come and have yeah. dinner <laughs> we've so done we did that, that twice yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. we we have um, yoga, one of the big yoga, in the, yoga in the dark yoga in the dark yeah we did that as well oh. i don't know if we made a lot of money out of that one interesting did that go well okay. <laughs> so I don't know how many people went to it, but um, yeah, there's a yoga instructor and she does it. Um, yeah, she did, did yoga in the dark and I think you use headphones. So, you know, you can hear the instructions very clearly and stuff. And oh, cool. uh, she guided hmm. people with her voice. Um, we motor show. We do a big or we have in previous oh. years done a big motor show. Um, hmm. Uh, at one of the local, or one of our um, local castles, <laughs> uh, yes, our patron Lulworth Castle. If you look it up on the internet, um, <coughs> is sort of a big uh, ancestral estate, shall we say? And and yeah. our and uh, one oh, of our patrons funny. owns it. We have Lindhurst Castle. It's so <laughs> funny. We have like a parallel world. It is a parallel <laughs> world. Yeah. So we've we've run a motor show there, um, where you know people pay to display their cars, and um, then we usually wow. have stands and things. So yeah. the stands pay, you know, the, the stalls pay to be there, um, mm. you know, and it's sort of a family day out. And in the past, we also um, had an annual ball, uh, which we ran in a local hotel, uh, which was quite a you know quite a big affair with a band and a casino and uh, but I have to say that I think all of I mean all of that obviously has stopped with um the pandemic and yeah. Yeah. also our fundraising department now is pretty much non-existent so um what we're looking at now is sort of the virtual fundraising so you know people doing sponsored activities and then um donating the money to us mm. we do have um a lottery which is it's a pound a week and you um you have the chance to win twenty five thousand pounds and i think we get 50p of every every pound goes towards us um mm. we've also got these you know these schemes where we get a small like amazon smile 
Yeah, um, we have that. You know, all those kind of things we've got. Um, yeah, um, it's a bit thin on the ground, to be honest, for yes. um, fundraising. And I was trying to think, you know, I was thinking we should maybe try and do some kind of uh, online workshop that you had to pay to access uh -huh. most of it or something like that. But it's the time and the, and the manpower to do all of these things, yes. isn't it? So Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay, David, next question. And I, so we can try to finish up. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the last hand up, and it's somebody with the last, the last uh, 2080, the last four digits of the phone number. Um, if you could, um, I've sent you a request to unmute, and hopefully the phone will uh, respond to it. There he is. Okay. Hi, this is Vicky, and I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, hey. So, <laughs> um, so my question is, do you guys have any kind of trainers that train people and travel like mobility, you know, using the long cane and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Karen, did you want to take that one? We have, we have the, the, the Rovies from the local authority. They, they're, mm. they're supposed to come and train you. But as I said, we have a charity called Guide Dogs and Guide Dogs for the Blind, but they also do mobility stuff. So they have uh, long, cane, long cane training. They also do a thing called My Guide, My Service Guide, which is a volunteer that takes you out and about. So, and you you go out and about with them. Of course, that's not working at the moment because of COVID, but that really gets you going. And you I've learn your one. roots with that, don't you? Isn't that yeah, how I've, that works? I've, yeah. oh, okay. I've, I've had one for three years. We're really good friends now. We go we're best mates we go everywhere you know all the coffee shops in Bournemouth <laughs> all the good places to go <laughs> yeah yeah all the good yeah, places yeah. to go we, 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 we have we, we're running a um, um you know a chart of all the best ones but um yeah uh, but yeah we have our local authorities again it's hit and miss what your local authorities are as, as Maura said they're overwhelmed you you um you get sort of one or two assessments and that's about it I got me what long long cane I got a little bit of training I basically have to train myself. Um, I already own. I am only partially sighted, so I, I, I have a have some usable vision, um, and um, uh, yeah, I have to buy my own canes as well from the R and I. But you are supposed to get them free. But they didn't even tell me that the ball wore out, you know, on the bottom. So I walked in the door one day and the ball fell out, and I'm like, "What's happening nope. here?" You know? yeah. oh, no. <laughs> That's not. That's true. happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You, you, and so now I have. Uh, you know, quite a few balls at home since. You know, but you have to, I know, but you have to um, buy them yourself from the R and I B shop. Are they expensive? Yeah, about, about. Well, it's a really the R and I B website is a horrible website, and it's very hard to sort of work it out. I think it's about fifteen pounds. I think, but I don't quote me on that because I haven't bought a new one for a while. It depends what style, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and you yeah. get you get you get confused because if you don't know what you're buying and. You can buy a few things that you don't really want, as, as I'm used to doing. Anyway. Well, you could always call. You could always call Corrine and ask her to sort it out for you. Oh, okay. But, but to be honest, the sensory loss team should, you know, if it's, you mm. know, they should provide um, a replacement, and as long as you're not wearing it out. Every, mind you, you probably wear yours out about every it, month, don't you? Well, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I get through one about every six months. Yeah, I do. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I like to. I've got a pet dog, you see, so I do a lot of walking. Yeah. Good for you. And Good we, for you. And we cleared We're the at hand the um, ending the hand of this. Thank you all. Um, yeah. David, Annie, 
I don't know if there's any more uh, questions, but perhaps there's some way we can continue this communication beyond this. And um, this is just so um, so wonderful. We've had we've even touched Hawaii. I didn't expect that. That was, Amazing. <laughs> that, was Amazing. that was a yeah. pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, guys, I think we've learned a lot from this from each other. And um, hopefully next time we meet again, uh, Dorset can uh, ask us all the questions that they want to ask. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> it was wonderful meeting all of you yeah. and yeah. and just hearing your voices and your experiences. It's mm -hmm. I really felt uh, um, you really benefited from yeah. it. Thank you. And if you guys Thank do a you. meeting like or would like to do a workshop at America, let me know. I would be happy to volunteer as well and be part of that to help you and answer questions. And so mm -hmm. yeah, let me know. Wow. I, I we'll was have, actually we'll have thinking, to get something sorted out, won't we? Yes. Uh, we we may have to have a guide dog users. Um, uh, across the pond meeting a puppy yeah. powwow <laughs> i would love to yeah i would love to have, you talk to other guide dog users um from england uh, so we have got quite a few we'll have to like... rustle them up then won't we <laughs> yeah i have to give them all the boot. Yeah. so we'll stay in touch and maybe that'll be the next thing we do hey <laughs> okay well thank you very much guys thank you, know, you. thank you very exciting. much Bye.